check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hey, I'm Aaron. Hey, I'm John. And this is Pastors and Pizza. I'm Josh. And this is Pastors and Pizza. A podcast where three very unqualified pastors. Very unqualified pastors consume some of the best best and worst worst pizzas Western Washington has to offer. While trying to make sense of our faith, figure out how it connects connects to the world around us. We believe the best conversations happen over food. So pull up a chair, grab a slice, pour a cold one. And come along with us. Wherever it is we are going. Wherever it is we're going. All right, everybody, welcome into Pastors and Pizza. This is episode five. We are, uh, today is a special episode. We are having our Super Bowl national pizza chain shootout. And so we've, <laughs> we've decided to take it upon ourselves. We're watching football. We are eating pizza and wings today. Yes. I will say we are having wings. And so we're going to eat one from Pizza Hut, one from Little Caesars, and one from Domino's. And we're just going to talk about them and which ones we like the best. Mm-hmm. And uh, their wings as well, which I think we have a, a pretty uh, pretty, pretty good opinions about their wings. So um, how, are we, how are we doing today, by the way? We got, the, we got the game on right now. It's the NFL playoffs. And it's... It's good. Hanging out with my friends. Always good. I get to get home in a little bit and hang out with my fam. So Sunday's a good day. We are here together in Pastor John's house. So thank you and Chrissy for hosting us. Of course. Yeah, it's our, our first off-site podcast recording. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it, it is good. Sitting on the couch, watching mm. football. It's Taking good. a nap. See ya. <laughs> yeah, we may have to keep an eye on Aaron. He probably will <laughs> fall asleep over here. If no. it just gets quiet all of a sudden, that's we'll just know what happened. Tell the truth here. <laughs> uh, anyway, we are today. Uh, we'll be talking. We'll be talking about uh, the pizzas that we're having. We're gonna kind of try to figure out what our favorite cheap pizza in the Monroe area is, because you know there's some other national change we didn't include in here. But uh, we're also gonna be talking about football and masculinity and what it means to be a man and uh just easy topics in in america yeah easy topics so uh we'll be chatting that but first before we get into everything let's talk about the pizza that we had so we did have uh pizza hut domino's and little caesar's john walk us through what we got from each place yeah so uh i mean first off this is really a public service for for you guys We we took one for the team so we could uh give you the best options for Super Bowl Sunday coming up here. And so we did get three pizzas and three orders of wings. So from Domino's, we got the 599 carryout special. We had a pepperoni and sausage mm. with their wings which were supposed to be buffalo boneless wings. We maybe have more on that in a Some, minute, yeah, but yeah, I don't I don't, I don't know. know. How that worked out. Not sure what happened there. Uh Pizza Hut, we got the stuffed crust pepperoni. And their, what else is there in pizza? Their buffalo boneless wings as well. And then at Little Caesars, we got the hot and ready pepperoni with some buffalo wings from there as well. The old standby, the hot and ready. Hot and ready. They only had one thing ready, so that's that's what we got. So we got the one that we was got ready. the one that was ready. And I don't know how long it had been ready. So it's been ready all day. Yeah. I mean, ready to go. <laughs> it kind of tasted like it's been ready all day. I'm just saying it. <laughs> and in, in fairness to all these national chains, uh, they were sitting in my oven for, for a little bit, waiting for uh, everyone to get here and get everything set up and start eating. So I'll say this, though. The temperature was hot, so well done on yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think it made much of a difference, really. <laughs> 
honestly. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, gosh, I like I have so many... I mean, I grew up going to youth group, so I had about every pizza that you could ever have yeah. because every youth group is like, if it's if there's not pizza at youth group, then like, what is it? And I, it's always the cheap national oh, yeah. deals. I mean, can I ask, though, you grew up... Youth group years was Brooksville, right? Oh yeah, over in Brooksville, Kentucky. So, what were the national chains close to you there? <clears throat> yeah, we didn't have a whole lot. I will say, uh, yeah, we didn't actually have any national chains in town. We we had one. So, up until I was in <laughs> high school, up until I was in high school, we had one pizza chain, and it was I say chain because there were two of them, and there was one in. <laughs> There was one in Brooksville, and there was one in Augusta, home of George Clooney. Um, oh. But they were the Carradas Pizza, and now Carradas is not even in Brooksville anymore. The uh, like, building actually like fell clog down. Clog your carotid? What? <laughs> <laughs> your carotids. Nice. Your well carotids artery. Hold on. The building fell down? Yeah, the building fell down. It's a long story. It's just the building fell down. Okay. It's old. And uh, so it's not there anymore. But... When I was in high school, uh, Snappy Tomato Pizza came mm. into town, and we had a Snappy Tomato Pizza. My sister worked there for a bit, and uh, yeah, what? so that's what we would usually get if it was a pizza party, unless we did our uh, Super Bowl party in like the big metropolis of Maysville, Maysville, Kentucky, and then there was a uh, uh, there was at least a Pizza Hut and uh, I think a Domino's. Was Snappy Tomato? Snappy tomato pizza. Was that better than the national brands? I mean, it is a national brand. I mean, it's in a few of the states. Oh, is it? <clears throat> yeah. See, because I live in the nation of, <laughs> of America. America. <laughs> never never had snappy tomatoes, huh? Oh, I've boy, never heard of snap. Snappy tomato sounds like you're trying to make it sound good you for how get, bad it tastes. You got to get their snapperoni pizza. That's the <laughs> one right there. Oh, <laughs> they no. do the, the extra, you know, the, oh, the extra pepperoni pizza. Right. Oh, the snapperoni is good. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Whenever we go back home. I'm literally it's across the street from my parents' house now, oh, nice. and so like, yeah, just get the pizza. Why not get some a snapperoni and a uh, what's the other one they do? They do the one that's the with the chicken bacon ranch. They do one of those pizzas really oh, well. Wow. Okay. So that's cool. what we almost always have. That Let's say snapperoni sounds like you're trying to church it up a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just getting all fancy. But yeah, that's that's all we had in my hometown. So I don't know. So, what, some decent memories, though. Like you're saying, youth group. I didn't grow up in youth group, but as a youth pastor, pizza all the time. And so we had Alfie's, which is on the docket for another occasion. Domino's became cheaper and cheaper, so we started to hit that up. But yeah, uh, when I think of youth group, and I mean, I'm I'm gonna be speaking and teaching for Adelphia, and I'm gonna give these kids pizza out of our little hometown, you know, of Sultan. And it's just something that everybody's kind of accustomed to, especially when you're younger, right? And football. So many memories of football and pizza. and Pizza Haven. I've talked about that multiple times. I like Pizza Haven. Pizza Haven, this is also a uh, local brand? It, was it more local? I, yeah, it had to be local. It's no longer existent. But, John, what about you? Memories, pizza, all that. Um, yeah, Alfie's was a big one. Godfather's Pizza, mm, yeah. um, Shakey's. Didn't do a lot of the, like the big time national ones growing up. Mostly, it was more the I mean the regional Alfie's, Godfather's. Those those were kind of more of the mainstays. Growing up, I will say, Pizza Hut, the buffet. 
If you never went to the Pizza Hut lunch buffet, mm. that was where where it was all about for me. Yeah. Hey, Pe- spe- speaking of which, we're we're definitely wanting to do a buffet um, for this podcast. So if you guys know of a, a place that still oh, is yeah. doing the pizza buffet, yeah, let us know because we no we need to hit here. one. Yeah, we don't have a CC's. Godfather's doesn't do it. Well, I think Godfather's still does it, but there's only one in like Auburn or something. Oh gosh, I'm, I'm pretty sure, John, that I saw that there's still an existing Pizza Hut buffet like somewhere north like stanwood or somewhere over wow. there all right so somebody somebody hit us up let us know where we can maybe hit the was, buffet maybe it was south we've got to do that. that was it kent maybe there's one in kent i don't remember but i think i saw that there's a pizza hut buffet and i think we should definitely hit one of those up because um, we, we clearly need more pizza for whatever oh, reason gosh. though most of my like national pizza chain history is in those like Pizza Hut shaped buildings, you know, like the the the, old, <laughs> the iconic pizza, the iconic yeah. pizza, yeah. The, the hut, the actual See, hut. So back to what you said about um, the pizza place that fell apart. Mm. Those buildings look like they could go down. The Pizza Hut, the buildings? Pizza Hut ones, because they literally looked <laughs> like that was. Is that structurally sound? But, All right, so here's here's my Pizza Hut story, y'all. Okay. Yes. So I went to to Hawaii, nineteen ninety seven. I'm in college. It's a year after I had gotten married. Uh, so my wife and I, with my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, we went to Hawaii for my spring break. I was still in school. It was my senior year. And we went to Maui. And the last day, the last full day we were there, it was just dumping rain the entire day. Mm. This is like pre-internet. You couldn't just look stuff up on your phone and figure out where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do. Right. So there was a pizza hut nearby. So we, we spent a little while in the pizza hut on a very rainy just gross day in Hawaii. Uh, that's my, that's my pizza. Hut. Was the pizza go. any good? I don't remember. We were talking about this a little <laughs> off air. Uh, pizza Hut used to do that thing, which is maybe just for I think it's specific to like my generation where they had the book it program where if you read I don't even know how many books it was, mm. but you had a, a you had like a big pen like one of those big giant pens. And you put the stickers all over it. And once you read enough books, you could mm. go in and they would give you a free personal pan pizza. So, I mean, you only had to read like 10 books to get like $3 off your food. <laughs> <laughs> so how many books did you knock out for that? Well, I don't remember. I just remember I went and got the free pizza. Amazing uh, what we'll do for free pizza. I don't think it? I've read 10 books in, in two years. But, you know, <laughs> That's whatever. not true. There was a year, what, 2019? It was one year. 19. One year I did. Now I've. Sworn off books. <laughs> yeah, See, I, now I've noticed, John, that doesn't happen for you with pizza. You've eaten oh, a pizza, lot of yeah, pizza absolutely. and haven't sworn off that. Yeah, I just or I movies. just pay for it. I don't I don't try to get incentivized. You haven't <laughs> sworn off movies either. Are you back to the? Are you doing the uh, old? Um, they don't have the movie thing. No, I've, I've got the stubs list. I've actually been slacking considerably on my movie watching. I I need to probably I'm losing money at this point. Uh, you better get back at it, yeah. John. It's Oscar season, man. You gotta hop in there. I, gotta see the, I don't like Oscar contenders usually. So, that's so much why you haven't gone. That's part of the problem. Yeah, you gotta wait for the summer. When it's a little the, slim picking this time out. of year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of uh, new. Um, uh, I like senseless Superman. action movies. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> senseless, <laughs> brainless, really is what we're talking brainless. about. Brainless. I <laughs> wanted to sit and be entertained. Yeah. Are you not entertained? <laughs> nice. So when it comes to the Super Bowl, what is I mean, I know in our church we have like a varied uh, 
experiences with the Super Bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we have somebody in our church, I think, who's been to like multiple Super Bowls because his true. dad's like one of the refs, right? Like, it's like <laughs> oh gosh, we have two guys then if you're talking about that. It's yeah. Been a, a couple of guys, mostly the Seahawks ones, but yeah. So, I mean, we have varied experiences. Like, what's our, what's our history going back to the Super Bowl? Did you watch it? Was it a thing you guys did mm-hmm. in your family? Yeah. Uh, was it, where did it happen? Like, it was at, it was mostly at my grandparents' house, um, and we would we'd watch it. There would be a lot of uh, participation in alcoholic beverages for the adults, <clears throat> and so I gosh, I remember there just being. Food. You remember the first half? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't the adult that was partaking, but we had we had a number. I mean absolutely a number of years where all I just remember is that there's just food everywhere and that included pizza. So pizza wasn't like primary, but yeah, uh, I'd say since I've gotten older and have my own home, <clears throat> we didn't have cable. So I'd go to friends houses and watch or try to watch the games. And uh, yeah, I think group. I was there when we watched the Seahawks uh, Super Bowl. Over at Jen and Cam's house. Yeah, I think I was there. Yeah. That was that was a good day. That was a ton of fun. I picked up Josiah and threw him up in the air when we scored our first touchdown. And my wife is like, you be careful. You're going to hurt him. I was like, I'm not going to hurt him. We are just having fun. <clears throat> Did you see if he was having fun? Yes, he was having fun. He landed on his feet. <laughs> he only lightly bumped the ceiling. It wasn't that big a deal. I wish I was that strong, but whatever. Anyway, similar for me, we always watch the Super Bowl, usually just at home. Uh, as we got older and got into high school, we, we you know started kind of hosting some parties with our friends and things. And um, even when we got older, my wife and I got a house, we I started working out, working with the youth group at the church. And so we'd bring everybody over for the Super Bowl. And um, one of those years happened to be the, the Janet Jackson year. Hey, so that was yeah. that was real good. Hey, uh-huh. watching, that, watching that at a youth leader's house with the uh, the wardrobe malfunction. So that was that was fun. Oh, look at that. Big. Oh, uh, there's a big touchdown. Oh, coming back. Three minutes and 20 seconds are flat. Don't ever count out Tom Brady. Oh, he's coming back. Watch out. Gosh. Is that Ramsey? Jalen, I'm too good for everybody. Ramsey got beat? Yeah, I my experiences with the Super Bowl are almost entirely uh, around church. Oh wow! I, ironically, like they maybe not ironically, I don't know, but I would watch like I can remember from just the youngest age going to church and watching it with all the youth group kids, and then oh cool, um, and then in college we had uh, it was it was a little bit different because we watch it in the dorm or. We had. I remember particularly one time in college, we had a, a friend invite us over because it was a Christian school. Uh, we had a root beer keg, uh, root beer kegger at the uh, yeah. just just like all the Christian yeah. kids do, and uh, that was the Janet Jackson year. Actually, that's what made me think of that. So we were. That was kind of funny. How hopped up were you on root beer by oh, the time man, all I that was, happened? At I was time. buzzing on that sugar. I will tell you that the um, but one of my favorite Super Bowl traditions that we ever did. Uh, I actually did it at the with the youth group um, in Ohio, the last church I was at, and uh, they did a thing that they called the um, the Chili Bowl, and we would have it every Super Bowl mm. Sunday because one thing that's different in the east eastern portion of the country is that the Super Bowl doesn't start until like later in the in the afternoon, right? It's oh, like it's yeah. like six o'clock at night, and so um, and so we would have after church we would have a big uh, football like 
uh, tournament, like a flag football tournament uh, out in a park. And we did it uh, three or four years in a row. And we would have chili. We'd bring chili out and we'd like serve it out in bowls and people play each other and it was eat it was a bunch a great... of chili and then go play football oh, that it seems was, like a bad, it was bad really, idea. a really good idea the first year we did it it was just like mud fest and it was it was like probably 40 degrees and just so muddy and everybody got just just, just super coated in mud and then the next two or three then years, you went to the church after that oh everybody would like go home change and okay, then show okay, back okay. up to the church yeah. But then the next couple of years that we did it, there was snow on the field. And oh, so that was sweet. cool. We were like, you know, yes. spray painting the lines of the no way. Of the football field on the snow. Let's and go Kentucky. Okay. Good times. Northern was, Kentucky. That was actually in Dayton, Ohio. But yes, it was, oh, oh, it was my good fault. times. That, was that. that makes more sense. Sorry. And uh, some, one of the years we did Skyline Chili instead of just regular chili. So it was, it was mm, you know, we kept it real. High end. Absolutely. Um, I'd say yeah, the, that, that was one of my favorite things we did. The three Super Bowls that the Seahawks have been in, two of them were like church events for me. Like the mm. we did the youth group one. Oh, both yeah, of that, those, was the, that was the, uh, the interception year. Yeah, both those ones, the Seahawks lost. The one time I didn't do anything with church, just had friends and stuff over at my daughter's house they won so i'm never doing one. Oh, so don't mix football and church is what you're saying absolutely didn't we have wasn't uh <laughs> didn't we do a youth group one at your house no it was or? over it was over at the fulcher's house no didn't we do one though it was the one where the lights went out oh gosh maybe we were did. We watching at your house i can't no remember. it wasn't my house because i never had cable maybe it was, was over at the yeah i think it might have been one of your neighbor's house but oh, the ball's out! Oh, oh no! Watch out! This, this is it. This, this is, is where, how things work. This is how it works, everybody. Tom Brady has a connection with Satan. The football. Probably. Yes, it's Satan. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I just I was just throwing out a name. Oh, I, any I, name really? I thought it, we I thought we be? were doing just the word association. <laughs> I, Tom Brady, Satan. I mean, just oh. they, they do kind of go together, you know. Soul to the soul. Oh wowzers! Yeah, so this game is turning around here that we're watching. And uh, yeah, we're being a little distracted. We thought it was going to be a blowout win by the Rams. Now the. Uh, Bucks are within a touchdown and just recovered a fumble. Oh man, this could get really interesting. We've promised uh, less pizza talk, which I'm not sure if we've delivered yet. Let's, well, we did. We memories. haven't gotten super specific in the we ratings. Did, we did but, memories, but yeah. we'll uh, yeah. We let's hit let's hit what we thought of the the what we got today. Oh man, for me, like I'm as far as the pizza goes, I just you can't go wrong with the stuffed crust. I mean, because because you just you power through the regular part of the pizza and you're just like, whatever. And then you get to the stuffed crust part and you're like, yes, this is what I was waiting for. This was what I was waiting for. There it is. And I, then you're good. Gosh, I don't know. I, I like the Domino's crust a bit and the whole little garlic thing, but the, the pizza tasted frozen to me. Like it had just been heated up in a microwave or oven. And I'm like, Ooh, gosh. Um, and, I'm going to say a Little Caesars probably gets my, my vote for today. I, it was pretty close for me be, between Pizza Hut and Little Caesars, but the crust for Little Caesars is terrible. So I guess Pizza Hut is going to take it for me a little bit better. And it was just straight up pepperoni and 
It was good. I liked it. I don't, Pizza Hut's usually super greasy. It wasn't that greasy. Did you already mop it down today, John? No, no, no <laughs> mopping whatsoever. You didn't have to use the mop on yeah. that. Just no, sponge it was, that. Yeah, okay. it was, cool. it was that's as it came. Yeah, for me, I, I mean, they were all fairly equal to me. I think the the advantage that Domino's had was it had an additional topping, which was it had some sausage yeah. on there, which yeah. I think was, was helpful. It wasn't bad. The, sausage um, was good. the the problem I have with Little Caesars, I actually kind of like Little Caesars when it's <laughs> when it's fresh. But it's kind of like McDonald's French fries, where if you don't eat them fresh, it's disgusting. And I think I got the little Caesars a little bit late in the game, and it, it started started to turn on me. <laughs> the pizza has turned. And so, yeah, the, the stuffed crust was good, like Josh was saying. I'd say surprisingly, because I generally don't like Domino's, but I think I probably would, hit, would say Domino's was the overall yeah. favorite for me today. Nice. That's impressive. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that we're all probably... Um, you know the the minutia of the difference between the pizzas. <laughs> I mean, I when Aaron was putting his his plate together, I was like, "Wait, which one did you?" I was like, "How many pieces did you get of the Pizza Hut?" And then I was like, "Oh wait, no, he's got all of them." <laughs> <laughs> they all look but alike. There are differences. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, fair. Yeah, I that's mean, fair. So yeah, that being said, the uh, the wings though, this is we're going to be venturing into new territory here with the wings. Mm, so I mean, that, whole new whole new section. Uh, and like John mentioned earlier, the Domino's ones we got, I th- we just got like popcorn chicken. I, I'm not sure what happened. I thought we popcorn ordered... chicken with like no flavor, no really sauce, whatsoever. nothing. That, that had to be a mistake. I'm not I sure don't. How I don't. They were almost happened. cubes. Did you notice it? It was almost <laughs> it was, cubes. It was like I've never seen a chicken have that piece of cubes. That yeah, shape, was, that shape of that. meat. Well, what's the nugget on a chicken? Anyways, let's go. Yeah, so Little Caesars was the only like traditional wings. Yeah. And what I found out when I ordered those, I went and picked that up, and they have one standard set of wings and then you tell them what flavor you want and then they squirt the flavor onto the wings and hand it to you i repeat so in your they open the lid squirt a bunch of sauce on it and then hand you the hand you the thing i want to repeat the word squirt squirt they just squirt it right on there there's a lot of squirting but they were the only traditional style the others were boneless wings when we saw the three wings like kind of put together i was like oh that's the ones i want those are the little caesars ones Mm -hmm. and uh and they were they kind of for how they looked they kind of underwhelmed i thought Mm -hmm. because they looked really good and they tasted and like okay it was kind of vinegary like i told you yeah yeah not tabasco which i don't love but yeah, I, would, I don't even know if I could name a favorite because the wings were all pretty subpar. I liked I liked I liked Pizza Hut's the best. I think Pizza Hut had the best flavor. Probably best it was flavor. kind of a weird jumble of the breading, chicken didn't stay and on. breading, and it was it was, it was, it was weird. a weird little mix in the bowl. But it was, it was decent. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's pretty much our take. You you heard it here first. They're all basically the same. Some might be better than others. Um, so mm-hmm. use that to inform your judgment. Yes, your Super Bowl party will not hinge on which of the pizza options you choose. They're all they're all roughly the same. So, yeah, I think uh, you had talked about masculinity. And so, I mean, we're talking about food and watching the game and all of that. And, I mean, 
Frankly, one of the things that stood out to me the most about the Super Bowl when I got into youth ministry and started paying more attention to how people are impacted was the number of women and children that are abused, Mm. like physically abused during the Super Bowl is it's eye-popping the numbers i didn't look up any of those so i apologize you guys well and isn't it one of the largest like um epicenters for like the sex trade yeah like so the actual the host the host city exactly yeah so sex trafficking is through the roof and so when you look at toxic masculinity where it's domination and sexual domination and then physical domination and people being mistreated and Feminism, so to speak, being or femininity, sorry, not feminism, but femininity being canceled, so to speak, that football and food and alcohol and all that plays such a huge role in that. And I can say that though I saw not the physical abuse, saw a little bit of like, you know, maybe verbal and all that in my family growing up. Not a lot. I mean, it was mostly fun. We never had a team in the game, but my my grandfather or my or my dad might have had some money on the game, so <laughs> that could have played a role. But I mean, ultimately, we <clears throat> we never really saw a ton of that. I've heard stories of friends and their families and how bad it really was for them. And I I mean, football's been fun. I don't I've never really thought of it like this toxic thing but then I coached football and watched how kids get made fun of if they're not tougher or whatever and you know it's kind of sad but true I think a lot of that happens in football happens in sports sure I mean it just makes me think a little bit about like what does the nature of football say about what we expect from men uh, in America like because I think like the ideal right for so many men the ideal like is like the football player, the the quarterback, the the like that's like the popular one. That's like the mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. one who's got the power and he's got the. Um, it just it feels like yeah they're tough and they're like and they bully people and they are the ones who are physically stronger yep. and it just yep. it says a little bit about how we expect men to behave um, in in America and and I wonder how that and and really frankly like the church. Um, is really kind of uh, knit in with that in some ways when it comes to mm-hmm. expectation. And, and I mean, a lot of church people really love sports, and that's and that's pretty normal. But um, but I think that that's one of the areas where we do kind of blend our uh, faith with the with the world, and we and we kind of will blend ourselves right, into to saying, "Hey, here's what it looks like to be a man." It's to certainly be, not everybody. I want to be, be careful not yeah, to broad brush out, but totally a lot, not. but a lot. But I think it is kind of like a it's a, a pretty big um, umbrella, know, so like, yeah, to speak. umbrella kind of I- ideal for America. So yeah. Oh my goodness! So it's a almost a tie ball game now, but. But again, I think, I think to the tune of probably what, what's wrong with competition? Probably nothing. When you yeah, devalue people or dehumanize people because of it, that's where it's a problem. What's wrong with wanting to be excellent at something? Nothing. But when your pride takes over, and not the good kind of pride, but the right. I've got to 
annihilate somebody else. Yeah, when your excellence comes at the expense of somebody else. Right, right. Well, I think for for so many of these guys, they're you see it when they retire, right? Their their identity is wrapped up in this image of of who they are because of, exactly. of the game of the sport, right? And so, and so when they retire, I mean, you've got you've got some physical stuff too. There's things mm. like CTE that are, are mm. big right now right. as far as trying yeah. to understand, right? These head injuries, and so that plays into it. But then you've got a lot of mental health issues. You don't you don't know who you are anymore without this game, without the the competition without the ferocity without the masculinity that, that supposedly notoriety yeah. all that identity absolutely john and and that happens for men and women with occupations and maybe you know both of men and women for parenting as well once their kids grow up and move out and don't need them as much what's wrong with me and and all those things and i i think we've talked about this already but i'll continually say masculine masculinity femininity comes from the one that made you and it's bestowed by him and he he's not saying don't be sensitive to men we hear the don't cry for boys like you're a you're a man or you're a boy don't cry i've watched people get told that when they're grieving the loss of a parent Mm -hmm. like hey you gotta you gotta suck it up I don't see it as much in 2021, but it's still, well, 2022, it still happens. But gosh, man, I just watched that growing up and remembering I was what was called a crybaby. I cried. And then like for 10 years, I barely cried at all because I was like, that's, I'm weak if I cry yeah. on any of it. I'd cry by myself. <laughs> <laughs> you go cry by yourself you little baby yeah I think there's like an emotional regression that kind of happens among men just kind of stereotypically I mean not obviously again not everyone but like uh, when you're being told like hey you gotta always be strong you can't be weak don't show weakness you know like, yes. I, I just think that like you can start to lose touch with that that important part of being human which is our emotions and mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I think it's a big part of um, how men will try to find a, a replacement for those emotions, right? And so, I think they, will, so. they will like turn to other things like alcohol, or they'll turn to other things like sex, or they'll mm-hmm, turn to other mm-hmm. things like power, and they'll try to find uh, the salve kind of uh, for their emotional wounds that they they can't really articulate, but they but they know they want something better and they, they need right. to try and control it and take it. Absolutely. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I wonder about that, you know, how this kind of, um, this kind of ideal that we've set up has, has led to kind of the emotional, um, you know, lack of development among a lot of men in, in America. And, and honestly, then it impacts families and it impacts the way that, uh, that kids are raised. And I mean, I know so many people have, it, like daddy wounds because their their dads were just not mm. there they weren't available they weren't available emotionally or they just weren't there at all you know and there's um, there's a lot to be said about that but i i mean that's that's so solid just thinking through that i i also believe oh my goodness you guys oh, as we're we're having this deep conversation and it's big and emotional and we're all pretty dialed into the football field right here on, um, That's a pretty and I don't even team. have a team in here I mean uh oh oh my goodness 
So it looks like the Rams are about to win. And kind of whatever this means, Cooper Cup, unashamedly Christian, like tells the world, right? He And he had a, a significant fumble in the game and that you can just beat yourself up. And now he's had two back-to-back great plays. But I'm, I'm here to say this, you guys, and I'll be here to say this all the time. If your identity is wrapped up, is cemented, is trying to happen anywhere apart from Jesus and what he says about you, you are going to be on a bungee cord at best where you get away and you think I've succeeded and I'm so good and here it all is and you're going to get right back. Because Tom Brady, he's won, what, seven Super Bowls. He's been to 10 of them. He... Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I'm trying to remember who else has been the ones. There's probably been a lot of them who said, look, I won. Now what? Mm-hmm. You know, they, it's like success and identity apart from the Lord and apart from what he said is right and good for you. What is good and what does the Lord require of you? Micah 6.8 says, he's shown you what's good. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. None of that is dominate and knock somebody out or whatever. But can you take pride in your in your performance? Can you enjoy unity, um, solidarity, team feeling with other people? Of course. I think there's there's good masculinity. If there's toxic, I think there's good, and I think you can see mm-hmm. it redeemed too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think about the football too, in um, really organized sports and. Uh, all kinds of organized competition where uh, just the the team and cooperative building um, environments are really ripe for growth and, and all kinds of things. So many people talk about the impact that coaches had on their lives mm-hmm. and, and how uh, valuable that was for them. And uh, I, it's just, uh, I think it really does. It really has a lot of intrinsic value. And when it, when it comes to learning how to work together with other humans and, and how to, be uh, a team player and so i think yeah there is a whole lot of value in that kind of uh, aspect of it um, so yeah i don't want to leave that out at all yeah absolutely and i think there's so many pretty much all of the things that we talk about we we kind of have this dichotomy of you know it's it's not necessarily the thing that's bad right <clears throat> right? right i mean none, none of these things are bad like football is not bad in and of itself no. and and this desire to be strong and physically fit and active and uh, even even aggressive to the point is not necessarily mm-hmm. bad, right? It's it's how you or the place that you put those things in mm-hmm. your life and what mm-hmm. you allow them to, to do mm-hmm. to you, what they mean for you is when it starts to become bad, right? That's and right. So that's like like most of the other topics we talk about. It's it's the place that you put it or the, the value that you ascribe to it that that kind of crosses the line from good to to bad yeah and i, I think it's kind of a little that's bit about that's what well you, said about what you sow and what you reap right like you're gonna reap kind of the the things that you sow in life and and so if you're constantly sowing in aggression and anger and like domination of other mm-hmm. individuals then it's mm-hmm. probably going to come out in other parts of your life and you're going to reap those kind of behaviors in other parts of your life not just uh not just when you're on the football field, you no, know, like no. it's going to come out in other ways. It's tough ways. to and turn that on and off, right? Yeah, and I think that that's kind of part of it too. Is like it's just starting to realize and, and be aware of like self control is one of the fruits of the spirit, right? Come and, on, amen. And so like being able to to recognize, hey, this is 
this kind of repeated behavior over and over again is building a character in myself that maybe I do or don't like. And maybe I should consider how this impacts me and how I, you know, how I involve myself with it, you know? So I don't know. There's this guy, um, I want to say it's no big deal. I think he's this Christian rapper and he says, arrogance is like heroin in your brain, especially if you get rewarded for it. Right. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) It's just so real. But yeah, that's good. I think so. What, so maybe what are some of the, the, the takeaways, I guess? Um, I know for me, um, football can definitely play way too big of a a role. I mean, I don't care Mm -hmm. so much about the NFL. The Washington Huskies are my team. And if they, if they lose, not only do I find myself maybe angry, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but it can—I mean—it can wreck my day sometimes. And I've—I've mm-hmm. I've grown, I think, here in the last few years, just realizing like I can't let it have that kind of a, an impact. Uh, I, I remember specifically on my way home from um, a game this year, I was frustrated. They just were lousy, uh, and I was like, I told my wife, I don't want—I don't want anybody to come over to watch games. I'm just—I don't <laughs> want this team's not any good. I don't want to deal with it. And I actually got a phone call from you, Aaron, about mm. a about a guy that uh, really threw himself out of a vehicle and mm. injured himself. Gosh, and I was on my way home, frustrated, really angry at just how bad the team was, and it just immediately put things in perspective mm. of what really matters That's, and what's really important. And so I told my I told my wife later after telling her I don't want people over the next week. I realized, you know, I don't have necessarily a lot of opportunities to hang out with friends and family. You just don't, don't know what kind of accidents are going to happen, what kind of even non-accidents mm. are going to happen. Right. And so, right. like, no, I can I can put the game on as a background thing and I can enjoy relationship with my friends and my That's family solid. and keep the, the right things in perspective. Mm. Um, and so it was, a, it was a big wake-up call for me that, that day, just on what really mattered. Yeah. So one time I was coming over to your house <clears throat> And it was, uh, I don't know if it was New Year's Day. It wasn't. It was It was a, a different day. And we didn't have anybody really in any big game, you know, any of the teams that we love. But I was just coming over to spend the day with one of my best friends watching football. And I found out that a friend of mine had been in a car accident and we weren't sure if he was alive or not. And I ended up spending the day with that family. And, you know the family I grew up in, they would have always said people are more important, but football and watching it got top billing. And it was so powerful for me to remember that my life is not my own. It's interruptible. It's precious. It's valuable. And it's not the the playing on the field or the money that you make or the amount of women or men that like you, admire you, respect you, want you, whatever. It really is what you are worth. And we were worth the king of kings laying down his life for us. And people are like, oh, you have to say that you're a pastor. I believe that. I believe it. It. I have to be reminded over and over again. Romans 8 says that we've been set free from the law of sin and death. And it's the spirit that set us free. And so we're free to be sensitive and gentle if we're a man maybe a little bit stronger a little more uh less sensitive even if you're a woman you're free to be those things without having to be put in some kind of a box where you're this or you're that or you're not the gender you were born whatever the case may be Uh, josh you've really helped me a lot in this topic because you 
have said, even on this podcast, that there's just a lot of times that you felt like you didn't fit in really mm. anywhere. Yeah. But man, I, I mean, I get choked up thinking about this, but you fit in super well in Jesus's kingdom. Mm. Not, not always in how the church plays that out. Sure. But in the kingdom, you're a part that nobody else is. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I think that's man, like as being a man, like one of the, I think just being human, really, like one of the biggest things is just kind of coming to terms with who you are, who you've been created to be, mm-hmm. and not being, not being defined by what the um, people are expecting you to be, and, and like being okay with that, like yeah. you know, being okay with the fact that like, yeah, I am like a more sensitive man, I'm more of an, an emotional type man, and and that's okay, and then mm-hmm. and and not just being okay with it personally myself, but then living that out in such a way. That I'm not ashamed about that. And, That's right. And letting people, uh, I think there's a humility in that and, a, yeah. and like a, a pride really about mm-hmm. who God has made us to be that yeah. in being able to truly live that out. Um, even if it means that you may suffer replication repercussions from like mm-hmm. other, um, people who are living a more, uh, traditional expectation for what it means to be yeah. a man. And so yeah. like, yeah, like, I mean, I, I like you think about men that just really love, you know, uh, music and art and that kind of stuff it's a much different uh mm. kind of um culture and different vibe uh for what it means to be a man as opposed to like maybe something in the sports world um but i like to be able to live kind of in both those worlds and and um and be um kind of who i am in both those worlds because i think it's because it's true to who i really am and it's not it's not like trying to put on a front so that the people who in the music scene don't think that i'm too much of a jock and so the people in the jock scene don't think I'm too much of a you right. know like <laughs> softy or whatever but um, yeah I just it's um, mm. this thing is that world like trying to come to terms with who you are and being okay and, and proud of that person that God has created you to be as you are that's and, right um, and really t- taking a stand for that so that people know that men don't have to be exactly like what you see on the football field you know yeah, I think that's huge because I think we're seeing in our in our society how some of this this kind of this machoism or these ideas of what manhood looks like playing out to kind of counteract that. Right. And so you're seeing, well, this this little boy doesn't like to play with trucks, so he must not be a little boy, mm-hmm. and and or those kinds of things, right? right? And so so you're seeing some of this stuff play out. It's like, well, if it doesn't fit into this certain you know idea of manhood, then is that person not a man? And mm-hmm. I think we need to we need to counteract that. We need to go against I that, agree. especially in the in the I church. Agree. We need to to say, hey, there's there's a lot of different ways that it it can look to be a man or to be a woman, and not try to to pigeonhole um, or, the or stereotype these these right. things. Yeah, or to just completely dismiss some traditional things. Yeah, because I don't think all traditional. There's a there's a man who's a feminist author, and I can't remember his last name. Um, I was reading an article earlier about that. But he, he basically eschews every single traditional manly um, trait. I do think that every one of them has been um, abused and all that, but they're sure. not all abusive. Again, providing for one's family isn't just bringing home the bacon. There's a lot of ways for that to happen. But there's no shame in saying, look, I'm going to take care of it. But when the dad says, look, I'm not going to be a pansy and talk to my kids about the feelings. That's her mom's job. 
I'm going to bring home food for them. I'm going to make sure they have a, a roof over their head. Maybe that's how that was like laid out for him and modeled for him. And maybe somebody a lot more gentle and a lot more um, patient mm-hmm. can come alongside of him and say, hey, there's another way. There's a way to, to use that played out word to balance that. You know, yeah, I think we also make a lot of assumptions about what the Bible says about a man's mm-hmm. role. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like we, uh, we don't, we don't get a ton of clarity other than kind of um, metaphors about headship and leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes, we start talking about things like providing for your family. That, that kind of language is not actually found in Scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when you start talking about somebody like having to be the the breadwinner of a family that's that's not a scriptural mandate you know like those kind of things that we have are things that we've kind of brought into scripture from our own perspectives of what we think you know man manliness should be especially in in relation to feminine femininity like yeah like i think that those kind of roles are kind of um not as clearly defined uh, in scripture as we maybe would like them to be. And so it can be kind of um, difficult and, uh, and people can use them in all kinds of ways uh, that are, are both good and bad to, uh, to manipulate what scripture says because it is uh, more ambiguous than we'd like to, to maybe admit. I think so. I think one of the things, Josh, for me that, that doesn't necessarily push back on that, but I I looked it up because I couldn't remember where it was at, but it's First Timothy 5, and it's verse 8 here. If anyone does not, says, basically it talks about men <gasps> and women. She who's self-indulgent is dead even while she lives. Verse 7 says, Command these things as well, so that they may be without reproach, they being God's people. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for the members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I do believe that people need to provide. I think that there's way more ways to provide than just money and just clothing and all that. I do believe that there's an importance there for men and for women to be available and to provide but i think for some people that might be some of what was taught to them that look i'm worse than a infidel is another like translation for it and worse than an unbeliever and the reality is we're supposed to take care of people mm-hmm. and we're supposed to take care of ourselves seeking first his, his kingdom his righteousness and so I think being available for these conversations without being easily offended by that mm-hmm. is critical. And I think a lot of times we don't do that. We rather, nope, this is what I heard. And we're seeing a lot of that cause people to really deconstruct their faith, walk away and not reconstruct it at all because they're just mm. so tired of everybody being so dogmatic. Yeah. But again, it, it's right to take care of your family. But it's more than just money. Sure. Or even just some of the traditional roles. Although there's a lot of argument to be had. And if you guys are feeling any of this conversation or strong on any side, please respond. We want to hear from you. We really do. You can reach out to us. You can hit us 
up. Uh, will you have that in the link just where they could email and sure. want to continue a conversation or whatever? Yeah, that's good. Thanks, man. Well, we appreciate uh, the time that you spent with us. We've had a good time talking. We've kind of gone a bunch of places and um, there's a, it's a really big topic, you know, really mm -hmm. a lot of uh, and a lot of debate about what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. And uh, and there's a lot of that. It's, it's hard to decipher what is something that is. Uh, am I bringing my culture into it and That's what right. am I? bringing an actual clear view of scripture with it. And so I think it's just really difficult to sort those things out. And so That's good. hopefully we are all able to come at those things with humility and mm -hmm. with just an openness to hear what God is uh, saying to us. And so um, thank you guys for being a part of this and uh, man, it's been good. Hope you guys have a great Super Bowl. and uh, I don't know where I'm going to be watching, but the Bengals are going to win it anyway. So who, who really Oh, cares? Hold on, everybody. Josh <laughs> has fallen asleep and is now talking in his sleep. I'm he's talking he's about the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> and, and honestly, never been a Bengals fan until okay. this year. <laughs> jumping on the bandwagon. I'm, all the way from Seattle, Washington. Yeah, well, and you know Sultan, me, I'm not a bandwagon person either. No, so like no. Uh, jumping on a bandwagon is a big deal for me, and I'm I'm here for it. So. <laughs> you're like, you're like half the Seahawks fans. Okay. Oh, <laughs> totally. Yeah. They're all off the bandwagon. Though, oh, yeah. Right well, yeah, it used to be Seahawks fans. Yeah. Totally. I was I was on the Seahawks bandwagon there for a minute too while they were pretty good. <laughs> I'm still a Seahawks fan. Anyway, have a good week. Thanks so and much, we you guys. Will, uh, talk to you later. Peace. This has been Pastors and Pizza, a production of Crosswater Community Church in Sultan, Washington. Check us out online at crosswaterchurch.org. We meet every Sunday morning at nine and ten forty-five on the corner of 3rd and Birch in Sultan. Thanks for listening. Be sure to leave us that five-star review. We hope to see you soon. Bye. Adios.